We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Rhodes Show. Turn up your mind. Are you still okay? Are you all right? Are you watching this? Are you all right? I almost uh, passed out. (laughs) In between syllables of Michael Luddig, the former federal judge who sat on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals where I was once a defendant. Woo! What a relief that uh, all that's behind me. But okay, so today uh, the hearing began at one o'clock and it's uh, about the pressure on Mike Pence to give Donald Trump a second term that he did not win. That is the scope and the breadth and the depth of what they are trying to explain to the American people. And so what we learned in a very painful slog of two hours is that Michael Luddig is old and um, he has a very halting way of speaking and it's very annoying but that uh, what we actually learned in all of those two hours is that on january 4th everyone understood that there was no ability for the vice president of the united states mike pence to do anything other than open envelopes okay and preside over a ceremony Uh, that was ratified to be that ceremony in the 12th Amendment, which was passed in 1803, ratified in 1803. Uh, They were using some sort of a justification of something that Thomas Jefferson did in 1800, which required that we amend the Constitution to make clearer that the Vice President of the United States could not throw out the results of an election, that we as the founding fathers decided that no one man should be able to undo the will of the people. And we wanted to put that in the constitution and we were able to do that in 1803. Anyway, Luddig was asked about that and it was so painful that I actually Googled it so that I could have the answer for you because I couldn't understand what he was saying. No wonder Ted Cruz, no wonder John Eastman are such crappy lawyers. They clerked for this man. They clerked for him. But he is a, he is the mountaintop of conservative justices, you understand. He is lionized by the conservative legal community. He is the one that Mike Pence phoned when it was time to phone a friend. That's who he called. He called Justice, uh, he called Judge Luddick. Anyway, so on January 4th, uh, Eastman, John Eastman, who was saying that there was an authority that the vice president could, you know, rely on to do more than to to reject votes he didn't like electors he didn't agree with okay on january 4th eastman acknowledged that that would be a loser in court that that would lose nine to nothing first eastman said maybe seven to two because what we've now found out subsequently is eastman was talking to clarence thomas's lovely bride Ginny who was informing Eastman that there was contra at the court. 
that there was a big battle going on in the court. So at first Eastman said to uh, the, the, the counsel for Mike Pence, Mr. Jacobs, well, maybe it would lose seven to two in the Supreme Court. There, there might be two votes. I don't know who the second would be. Would it be Kavanaugh? Would it be Amy? I don't know. But anyway, at the end of that conversation, on the 4th of January, Eastman agreed it's a loser. It would lose nine to nothing in the court. He agreed. On January 5th, Eastman goes back into the vice president's counsel's office and says, I'm here to ask that you reject, that the vice president rejects the electoral count. And he says, what, what the F is wrong with you? Yesterday you admitted that this is a loser. It couldn't he said, yeah, but you know what I've uh, thought about all night? You know what I uh, decided? I decided the court would never take it up because they would think it was too political. And so the court would never even hear it. So let's just pursue it. This is when everybody told him, you know, pretty much to go F himself and get a, a, a criminal attorney because he was bat crap crazy and that this was a lawless plan. And Eastman kinds of, kind of admits, yeah, it's lawless, but they'll never take it up. They'll never do it. So that's where we are. Then they took a recess. Now they're back and they're going through January 6th. They're going through the night of January 5th where Donald Trump uh, sends a late night text saying that Mike Pence uh, needs to do the right thing, okay? And he makes sure that uh, he tags Mike Pence so it would show up in Mike Pence's Twitter feed and Pence would definitely see it. And then the morning of January 6th, before the rally, Trump calls Mike Pence. He calls him on the phone, and there are many people in the Oval, many, many people. Kimberly Guilfoyle is there with a really ugly purse. What is with people? If you had 40 grand to spend on a purse, would it be that one? Ew. Always said that. Stand by it. Anyway, um, there's phone calls. And all that Ivanka and all that anybody in the Oval can hear is Trump's portion of the phone call, but they now know that he was talking to Pence. And the words that they recall hearing Donald Trump call Mike Pence is a wimp, and you will always go down in history as a giant wimp, and called him the P word. Called him that. I can't. I can't make myself say it. So uh, put it in Wordle. But he calls him the P word. And now Mike Pence's, uh, you know, counsel Jacobs is testifying that, uh, you know, uh, as to Pence's demeanor after that phone call. OK. And he says after that phone call, Pence's demeanor was steely and determined and grim. And then Trump goes to the rally and says, you know, if Mike Pence does the right thing. And then, you know, he tweets out in the end that Pence was a big disappointment. He didn't do the right thing. He didn't have the courage. And January 6th uh, actually, uh, you know, explodes. And this is uh, where we are in the hearing. I I'm going to play you some of it, uh, and we can drop in and out of it if it's not that interesting. But this second part of it is much more interesting than the first part. The first part was in the legal weeds, no doubt about it. Um, you're lucky that you have me. Oh, and if you uh, feel lucky to have me, <laughs> please do uh, make a contribution to Free Speech TV for the Summer Pledge Drive. All you got to do is uh, text FSTV to 44321 or donate online at freespeech.org. All right. I'm going to dip in. I'm warning you. <laughs> okay. Try and stay awake. That a confidential informant from the Proud Boys told the FBI that the Proud Boys 
would have killed Mike Pence if given a chance. Wow. Yes, whom the FBI affidavit refers to as W1, stated that other members of the group talked about things they did that day, and they said that anyone they got their hands on, they would have killed, including Nancy Pelosi. W1 further stated that members of the Proud Boys said that they would have killed Mike Pence if given a chance. We understand that congressional leaders and others were evacuated from the Capitol complex during the attack. We'd like to show you what happened after the vice president was evacuated from the Senate. Select committee has obtained never before seen photos from the National Archives that show Vice President Pence sheltering in a secure underground location as rioters overwhelmed the Capitol. At 4.19 p.m., Vice President Pence is seen looking at a tweet the president had just sent, a tweet asking the rioters to leave the Capitol. After four and a half hours spent on working to restore order, the vice president returned to the Senate floor to continue the certification of electors. Holy crap. So vice President Pence was a focus of the violent attack. Mr. Jacob, did the vice president leave the Capitol complex during the attack? He did not. Wow. Please explain why the vice president refused to leave the Capitol complex. When we got down to the secure location, Secret Service directed us to get into the cars, um, which I did. Um, and then I noticed that the vice president had not. So. Yeah, that's because the Constitution required that that election get certified on January 6th, I believe. Oh, my God. That was really, uh, that was a bombshell. That was a blockbuster. I had no clue. Wow.